Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to episode 48 of Owning Her Health. I am your hostess with the mostest, Dr. Lisa PT, and I am so excited to have Shana Small on today for you. Number one, because you're going to find out how does an, an Alabama raised uh, woman of color raised in Pentecostal church end up starting the Ashtanga Yoga Project, her blog and community online. Not only that, but w w what connects all of that together, which is a conversation you may not realize uh, there is. Uh, I also wanted uh, Shana on because uh, as somebody who also you know, there, I, you would think being a brown girl that there'd be lots of brown girls in yoga class, right? Because India, the women are brown and there'd be lots of Indian women in yoga class. Not really where I practice. And, and, and a lot of that is because, uh, um, and I don't even practice at these places anymore, but a lot of the places are not necessarily classical, Raja, Hatha, um, spirituality, life school. And that's why I've always, you know, that's why I made the Belly Guru Yoga Training Center. That's why I do the yoga club right now in my home studio. It's to allow for some of that. Um, so if any of you are listening out there and you're in Charlotte, North Carolina, and want something of that type of practice to understand the holy science of it, not the dogma holy. When I say holy, I mean wholeness, the holistic life science, the, the scientific practices of the yogic technologies for the human technologies. Uh, definitely, definitely hit me up over at www.bellyguru.com. But, you know, uh, on, on top of that, what Shana has done is, is I can see, and, and this is one of my gifts that the Lord has given to me, is that I can always see that hungry, hungry caterpillar. I can see them starting to shift from, you know, hanging out, doing the thing like everybody else, kind of being one of the crowd, to all of a sudden something sparking in them or something going on where a lot of times uh, they may wander, in, wander into my classes or even I can see them asking questions or something, but they don't really realize the, 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 the wonderful transformation and the specialness of, uh, that they're going to undergo and become. And so Shana's one of those people I've been watching for a number of years, watching her have one conversation and then kind of go into another conversation. And now I saw her sort of emerge back into something I had seen a spark of a little bit ago, like when she went off to go to um, India for a couple months to train in Mysore, in, in, you know, in the, in the home base uh, hub of, of Ashanga. And uh, we get into that story, but, you know, mainly, mainly I wanted to bring her on, number one, to talk about, you know, how is it, uh, which I didn't even know to, to the extent, but, you know, basically her, her whole process coming from, from Alabama and the Pentecostal church and, you know, how, how that is, a, the, you know, is the same thing. A lot of times in yoga, we say, oh, there's things that look opposite, but actually when you really practice the practice and you, and when I say practice the practice, meaning the mental work, the, the understanding and the ability to see perception and perceive things. And actually it's our union and our yoga, um, in our oneness, uh, such as looking at a quarter and saying, yes, this is one quarter. But I could also say, well, if I look at it this way, it looks like one thing. And if I look at it on the other side, it looks like another. But I still know that's one quarter. That's one beautiful thing that the practice of yoga has given to people such as uh, I and Shana. And I saw her doing something here. I saw her changing her conversation. So I wanted to have her on so that she could explain 
and we can talk a little bit about uh, what her her work in, in the world is and how that and how she got there because I think there's a lot of people especially maybe it might be because I'm in the south now it wasn't as much as when I was in the New York tri-state area but I know there's a big confusion a lot of times uh, with you know am I being with spirituality and religion and 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 like am I able to practice yoga and still be a good Christian or you know still be a good Jew or still be a good Islam or you know and 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 the reality is is yes because when you can work with a teacher that you know as we have a discussion Shana and I uh that you'll hear how that works how that works and what the difference is and so that you know one of the reasons why I had to have this conversation is so that you know if you're in the right class because it is monopolized, it is, you know, it is made very corporate, it is made very marketable, you know, and, and it's important for you to find your teacher. It's important for you to not only just find your teacher, beyond the exercise system, it's important for you, if you would like to use it as a life school, which is the discussion we have, then you need to find somebody who can connect with you in the place you are in your life right now. So, um, you know, without really further ado, I, I want to get into this episode so that you can you can listen in. I never want to keep you guys too long, and, and we had a really nice, probably a 40, 45-minute conversation, so I don't want to keep you too long. Um, but but definitely this is one of those that I'd love to hear your feedback, either sending it directly to info at bellyguru.com, info at drlisahollandpt.com, or by any means on iTunes or underneath the show notes. But definitely look at the show notes so you can get in touch with Shana. If you are here in Charlotte, she also does some uh, regional uh, workshops and some things that we talk about. Um, but yeah, let's get on to the episode of uh, Owning Her Health. Welcome to this episode of Owning Her Health with your host, Dr. Lisa Holland, PT. Join Lisa as she starts the conversation on what it really takes to become a healthy, wealthy, and whole CEO of your life. Listen in to real talk by real lady leaders in all walks of life as they open up on personal health stories, wealth, career, and feminine abundant living. Learn how to grow by owning your body, expanding your mind, and aligning your soul with the purpose only you can pursue in this world. Happiness begins with owning her health right now. One more second, guys. Before we start this episode, I want to let you know who the sponsor of this episode is. Sponsor of this episode right now, it is ba -ba -ba -bum, launch season for Mind Body Brand Academy. Mind Body Brand Academy is your eight week incubator to get stuff done. What do we mean by stuff? Well, if you have an idea of a program, a platform, if you work for somebody else or if you're ready to go off on your own, but you are a heart-led, mind-body yoga therapist, physiotherapist, um, Pilates instructor, you know, movement-based, you're looking at keeping this simple and sane. You are looking at keeping it slim and solopreneur. Maybe one day you'll grow, but right now you've got the kids, you've got the life, you've got the, you know, the partner, you've got the 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 things you want to do, and you're but you're looking to to bring and birth and midwife this thing that's needed. You saw the gap and you need to get it out in the world. Maybe you're burnt out, you need to diversify, maybe it's just time that you've been become the mentor. And it's time to not necessarily be filling someone else's bucket and to start filling your own. Well, if you're one of those wannabe entrepreneurs, if you're somebody who's been packaged in your service or your industry, like one in every other yoga teacher out there, then mindbodybrandacademy.com is your space. And we're starting a launch party very, very soon. In fact, it starts August 14th. 
which is the day that is the debut for this particular episode. But even if it's later on, we go two times a year. It's eight weeks. Get it done. Get off of procrastination station. Get your brand. Get your mission, your message, everything with clarity, and get going. And the bonus this year, we're going to package that so that it's super, super simple. The number one thing in feedback that we've gotten in three seasons, this will be season four, is that marketing, marketing, marketing is scary and expensive and confusing and feeling like you don't, you have to buy some way too expensive um, client management system and, and be looped into things just because everybody else is. We've got you covered. So make sure you go to www.mindbodybrandacademy, our sponsor for this episode, and take a look now. Now on to the episode you've been waiting for. Thank you so much, Shana, for being on here. So why don't you give my audience here on Owning Her Health, we've got some healthcare providers, we've got some mind-body people, we've got some you know, moms kind of listening to empower themselves. Give me an idea a little bit in my audience, an idea of who you are and how you got here and what you're working on now. Well, I'm Shana Small. Um, and I am a yoga teacher and blogger, uh, living in Charlotte, North Carolina, but born and raised in Enterprise, Alabama. Um, I got here because I've always been a devotional person from the very beginning. Um, I was born and raised in the Pentecostal church. Um, my family was very, very strict at Pentecostal. Like we didn't listen to out secular music didn't wear pants, didn't wear makeup, very, very strict. Um, and in my family, there was this devotion to the church and to God that I was raised with. Um, and so I watched the people in my family do these devotional practices and being Pentecostal, we were in church like almost every day of the week. Um, and it was just this really beautiful community. So I've always had a devotional heart because I was just raised that way. Um, so when I went to college, I still had this devotional heart, but I also had questions, um, questions that didn't really come up because I was in this really sheltered Pentecostal community um, and in Alabama, and they didn't really come up. But then once I went to college and I started meeting these people from all over um, the world, I started to have these questions. And these questions is what sent me searching through different other spiritual kind of identities um, and ultimately led me to the practice of yoga. Um, I was in college. I heard about yoga and how I've always also been a very physical person, how it married physicality with spirituality. Um, so to me, I was like, wow, one-stop shop. There it is. And so I got into yoga for that reason. And I've been in yoga ever since still on this this from this place of devotion um from this place of wanting that one-stop shop um but i've also always had the feeling of being a teacher and so i married like my love of devotion my love of physicality um and my feeling from the inside of my calling to be a teacher and put that all together and wound up being kind of in a journey in the yoga world right now Mm -hmm. And I love that. I love a couple of things I heard there, which were, I don't know if you're familiar with like my curvy hustle mentality, but it's like, it is that blending of kind of just who we are and then feeling our calling and like figuring out a way to make this, you know, it's like, 
this is this is this is me and i want to figure out a way to like expand upon myself in my life so i love that i love also how you brought up um you know it's true right we're, we're born into this shelter of culture we're born into then you know then we have the shelter of the community then we have the sh it's really you know it's a shelter but it's really a shell you know um of the community and then there's there's us, you know, in this little like grain of sand. And, and sometimes it takes us, you know, going away from that to, to even, you know, even get the questions. So it must be, so, so how was that coming back into your family? Because this is a very common thing, obviously being in the South, people, you know, I, I didn't realize it. I came from the North with this New York mentality. It's like, yeah, I'm gonna be in Charlotte and I'm gonna open up a classical yoga place back in 2005. Mm -hmm. And like be talking about like sutra and like I did not realize like wait a minute the YMCA five years ago had a really hard time not calling it stretch and relax class like you know and it, it was it was such a culture shock for me because it seemed so proactive and there were so many New Yorkers and Northerners and California people here or whatever but that idea of being sort of you know one of the first questions people asked me when I moved down here is like hey where what church are you going to and that was so different for me from being in the New York tri-state area, you know what I mean? So how was that coming, you know, back to your family and being like, okay, so here's here's the deal. I'm like, you know, really evolving through this thing called yoga. <laughs> well, I went through a period where when I was very young, um, when I first um, was in college and first got exposed to something different, feeling like I needed to, well, I was excited. I was excited about the information and what I discovered. So of course, when I went back home, you know, every time where I could like interject in some of what I learned, cause I was so, you know, excited about it. I was, you know, trying to do that. Um, but then as I matured, you know, that is not my place. Everybody's got their own journey. And even though my brand of spirituality has shifted from when I was Pentecostal, my family is still very much um, Pentecostal, um, that it's all going to the same place and that their journey was their journey. My journey is my journey. And it is not my place to convince someone that their journey should be just like mine. Um, that's why we're all here. We're here to have these separate, different experiences. We're not all like in this one bubble of consciousness, all sameness. We're here to experience what is it like to all not be the same. Um, so we're here having that experience. It is not my place to, to vomit <laughs> my life and my experiences on anyone. Um, and so I had to learn not to do that. And um, it's been great with my family. We honestly, we don't, it's, we don't talk about it. It's kind of like what people talk about. Oh, you don't talk about politics at the table. Right. It's that type of thing. Like we just don't really get into it because I'm there to see them and to be with them and to just feel their love. And it is nothing in anything that blocks that is not worth it. It's the best thing to sort of like do. And you know, when you're saying that, I, I think of that a lot with like my healthcare colleagues, like definitely in like my physical therapy world, people like they just like constantly. And I did the same thing too. It's like, cause you like come from a place of heart. Like you're like, oh my God, you're watching somebody like hurt their, like you feel like they're going to hurt their back or you're going to hurt their hips. And you see them like literally making themselves suffer and you're, and you have all this wealth of wisdom. And I see that also, you know, I, my work was a lot with mothers. Originally Belly Guru was just pregnant pregnancy year and then grew from there but it's always been like women's empowerment 
and 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 a lot of our pains you know my myself walking through it like trying to be like oh my god girlfriend i mean even this podcast is like let's just let's just talk about it so that you can see and reflect and learn before you do the things i do so it is hard when you have such a heart-led thing but like you said it's like we're not here i think that's one of the hardest things with working with moms that you know literally are like in this whole culture of like martyrdom and i think spiritual people have that too i mean i see that now on the business side trying to help people sort of you know branch themselves and you get especially in the yoga therapist world it's like kind of this like uh like you know like how do i be spiritual and also be like making some divine compensation here and and it's you know all these real world stuff that it makes it hard just sitting around talking with people who aren't into that i think sometimes to relate to that do you find that because you know, you've been in the yoga studios, you've been sort of giving workshops and this and that. Do you find it's kind of hard mixing, you know, that heart-led sort of thing, even with your own life, with your own little business and, and, and talking regular world stuff with other people? Um, it is very hard. And I'm at a place now where I am trying to regain balance uh, because I did get very, very off balance um, as regards to forgetting the heart of of yoga and leaning more towards the commercialism of yoga and after doing that for um i've been practicing yoga for probably close to 20 but teaching for maybe 15 years um after doing that for like 15 years it starts to eat at it started to eat at my own personal experience of yoga. And so I'm at a point where I'm trying to make that differentiation between still sticking to the heart of yoga and what it is that I want to be of service to people with. Um, and this also very real need of financial compensation. Um, and there has to be some type of, there, there's got to be some part of my work that is simply for the service of it. There has to be um, in order to have that, that peace in the offering, that there's nothing underneath the offering that is, it's not um, tainted by um, the need for financial compensation and changing and morphing because of that need. Um, so I'm at that point now and I'm going to start venturing more into like just pure service work. Um, like, um, this weekend, I'm going to be teaching in a mental health facility. Um, I plan on doing some work in jails. Um, I plan on doing some scholarship programs for marginalized people, like making sure that I have this space in my, my calling that is simply for the service of it and that it is separate from the commercialized part of it yeah, so that I, I can keep the heart of the yoga. Yeah, and it's it is hard, and it's you know it's interesting because like I, I see it from I see from that view I see that I see it also like a, almost like a masculine feminine sort of approach to sort of how we live all of our life like that whole kind of like all within us because I talk a lot about that blend of like our own masculinity our own femininity within us in union reacting with the rest of the world obviously the world's very patriarchal sort of world we're sort of really shifting that more into transparency and community building and conversation and. And so, you know, we're seeing that shift. I think it's, it's um, you know, something that, that I see. But I also see the other side of so many people struggling who have so much good to do because while we're 
you know, servicing everyone. And what I guess what my 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 conversation I'm trying to have is like, where does service always have to equal for free or for without compensation? Mm. Like, isn't it a service to some mm. extent where? You know, like, I don't know, being like Oprah Winfrey or whatever, like making millions of dollars, but then mm -hmm. making a bunch of schools with that money mm -hmm. and also making yourself comfortable because like I feel all the time, maybe you feel too, like I do a lot of energy work. I do a lot of holding people's pain and like, you know what? I need massage regularly. Like I don't want to have to like be like trade off to my yogi massage friend, you know, like always doing that. Like I need to, like, I need to pay the mortgage in this house. You know, like I need to pay rent when I had my space. Like I need to. So like to some degree, I actually see a lot of people maybe who have more good to do in the world sometimes get labored by that because, you know, maybe you get undervalued and are under earning, which feels good. Like it, our, I think what ends up happening is our wealth. I don't know if you would agree, Shana, but my, I feel like my war, my wealth for so long was so much more than dollar bills that I feel wealthy. But the problem is, is that I live in a world where there's a specific way to exchange things, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know? So yeah. do you find that kind of like, how are you working through that? Or what's your mindset on sort of that? So I think it depends on the populations that you're working with. So if a person is in a place where they absolutely can give a monetary exchange um, for your energetic labor, um, then they absolutely should be doing that. And to not do that, I think would be um, ahimsa, it would be harming. Mm -hmm. So if you're working within populations um, and with people that you know definitely have the coin to be able to compensate you, um, then you do it. Um, but what I want to do is just make sure that I have multiple ways for people to access um, the information that I'm given. Um, for instance, I'll talk about Byron Katie a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. Like, you know, Byron Katie, she's this amazing spiritual teacher who's written these books and has a big following and makes a whole <laughs> lot of money. Yeah, she did the work, right? So she makes a whole lot of money and it costs it's like a, a freaking, it costs a lot of money to go and actually do, do a practice with her um, and to like mentor with her. It costs a lot of money, right? So she's got that, but then she also has, well, here's go to the website and just download the worksheets. Right. The worksheets are there. Um, she's got the YouTube videos. She's got the podcast. All the information is there. So if you want to go to the route of like, you know, spending a couple of weeks with her, and and you can go that route or but the information is still there so she's making sure to wow. still have the information available to those who cannot afford to come spend thousands of dollars for this little training with her but it's still available so that's what i'm looking at doing yeah making it so that well, anyone who wants the information can get it some way somehow yeah, I mean, that's that is exactly what I teach. I'm multiple revenue streams. I think that's so in aligned with the heart-led entrepreneur. And, and the funny thing is, is that like back in 2005, when I was sort of like doing this thing and, and as I grew, that's how I grew Valley Guru. Like that's how I kept it under control. I, like I never wanted like the big clinic. And I mean, I started out sort of like on that track because that's all I saw. 
So I had like, you know, six employees and 1500 square feet and doing all these classes and doing these private things and having this like, you know, front desk of three people and, and it was, but it wasn't really what I wanted. So I think like mentorship is like super important, right? Seeing people do that. And I think yoga is an area which I'm hoping to get more into with like these programs that it's been sort of like, it doesn't know how to do that. We're getting there in healthcare. Healthcare has been really hard to pull into this idea of like having different levels of service so that people get service. And it's not necessarily because you got to be the guy that, you know, doesn't get paid or you got to be the guy that's going to be the millionaire. There's this way of doing it. If you, if you, if you, you know, expand yourself and that's my whole point of like personal brand. It's like, have yourself be flexible enough to be like, I'm having a workshop. I'm having a. I'm having a, a worksheet. I'm. 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 I'm talking here on. I mean, that's my owning her health. Like anybody can download this, get inspired, get in touch with somebody like you that might have a thing that they might have not come across. This technology affords us so much of that. But why do you think the yoga world sort of like? And I'm talking about the people like like me and you who like are sitting here like you know what. I'm, I'm done with this whole, like, let me look at my 56 poses on, on Instagram. It doesn't mean anything. Where do you think the disconnect is from your experience? Because you're around a lot more, you know, you do a lot more yoga teacher trainings and this and that. I'm kind of in the world of, like, International Association of Yoga Therapists. I think you're more in the world of, like, yoga alliance type of people. So I feel that people just basically just get in over their heads. Honestly, they, you know, these yoga studios, they, they have to be these luxury yoga studios. When I first started practicing yoga, um, it was in this little studio. It was one room with exposed brick, a wood floor, and you got, got a little index card and you wrote your name on it. You paid your money and you like checked off the index card and you put your money in a vase. Like that's just how basic it was. And now studios have gotten to the point, like you were talking about, where you've got a front desk staff, where you've got to provide showers and towels and cool towels and the best sound system. And you got to have all this stuff. And then with all that stuff comes um, more bills. <laughs> and I think what happens is people have these amazing hearts and they're like, I love yoga. Yoga changed my life and I want to teach this and I want to open the studio. But then they just, the bills just keep coming in and coming in and coming in and coming in and coming in. And I think it just, they they get so overloaded that their focus just changes from service to I've got to pay these bills. And I think a lot of times people just get over their heads or you have people who, um, yoga teachers who, you know, wind up teaching like 25, 30 classes a week because this is their only income now. Again, just kind of gotten to the point where kind of it's gotten out of hand um, and it's, and it's hard once you're used to living a certain mm -hmm. way mm -hmm. to start to like downsize your life so right. that you can serve and at the same time make the money um, that you need. And I really just think that a lot of people in the yoga world really did come out the gate with good hearts and that as the uh, bill started lifting up they had to do more and more to pay those bills and then before you know it you're teaching a style of yoga that you know you weren't even taught and you've moved away from what lit your heart up and I really just think it's just that 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 the bills just got yeah. to be too much yeah and I think they did trap themselves a little bit the industry of of yoga teaching into only one way to teach yoga like that's my point like I just I think you know like 
I know when I had my center, it was that. It was like what you're talking about. It was very much like that one room and it was like forming community and it was ever, but you know, you had to be the person who was okay with the fact that I didn't have a marble cut, you know, uh, counter there for you to write your check on. And, you know, I was like, pick up after yourself. Like, you know, like, <laughs> because in my head, I was always teaching yama and niyama and I was never, I mean, asana was part of this, whatever, but like, you know, if you want to sit there and twirl around in a circle and walk around your mat, I'm a good with that. We'll still make it work and we'll still make it yoga. And um, I think that's why it afforded me a, 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 some different ways to teach, you know, I'm always putting this hashtag yoga off the mat. Um, probably not a lot of yoga teacher trainings teach how to teach yoga off the mat, whereas old school yogis, and I'm so grateful I eventually, you know, found my teacher, Sri Dharma Mitra, it just was like, you know, every class you went to, there was some spiritual discourse. There was some, you know, ethics and morality. And there was some breathing, and there was meditation, and there was, you know, it wasn't like, all right, 90 minutes, let's see how many asana we can get in this, or make it, you know, it's gonna be the same 26 over and over and over, because that's our thing, and, you know, like, and, uh, you know, that type of mentality probably needs, you know, that, that is, do you think that's it? Do you think they just don't know what else to sell so that they can live I in miss, the same thing? <laughs> I miss what you're saying. You know, I, I really miss that, you know, coming into the class and the teacher really, like you said, giving a teaching. Um, people don't do that that much these days. So I can't speak for everyone, but with my experience in the yoga world and the people that, you know, I've dealt with, um, as people became more and more dependent on asana, um, they wanted to hear less and less about the other seven lens of yoga. And so yoga studios and yoga teachers are like, okay, we need to give people what they want because we got these bills come and do. And so that uh, over time, less and less teachers are including those types of things into class. Um, I think that yoga teachers are being taught that um, still they're being taught about the other limbs, but, um, but when you go into a yoga class, it's not being talked about. So when they go teach in a yoga class, they're not going to talk about it either. Why? Because they're brand new teachers and they're trying to make the students happy, happy in the yoga studio happy. And so then we've got a, you know, kind of this endless cycle of, of less and less more of the heart of yoga being taught and more and more of the asana uh, being taught, which is unfortunate because um, yoga has always been mainly the other seven limbs. Right. And asana was just, you know, a way to keep the body healthy, a way to prepare it for meditation um, and a way to prepare it for other practices. But the, but the main thing was always the other practices. Yeah, and I it know. flipped. It's making me so frustrated a little bit being on the yoga therapy side because I feel like that's that split is why the field of yoga therapy could grow out of yoga because that was kind of more old school but again going into they're all walking into the trying to get into a hospital and trying to get into the corporate thing and I just watch from the outside like you do realize what you're walking into here like they're starting to be like yoga for back pain and yoga for what I'm like guys you're jumping into the same damn thing like you know I'm just like <laughs> so like I'm like oh we're going rogue my body brand academy we're to teach everybody how to do like different things or whatever because there's so many people I think like you said that they go in with the right heart or whatever but maybe the business of yoga classes they're getting 
is in that. And I know from my studio, I mean, I, yeah, it was hard. You know, my, my thing was I got to make a studio where 10 people in a class is like a great show on showing up. And so what I need to hire, I had, I had to in-house and they had to know how to work with people who maybe had some, you know, compensations to some extent. So in a lot of ways, it was sort of like yoga therapy sided, but for me and you, we know that was just like yoga. I mean, that's just more the way it was, but you could do that when you actually knew your teacher and when your teacher actually knew you and was prescribing the practices to what you were looking for in life, by the way. Nobody was going there for a good booty burn. People were like, my life is like messed up. I know I'm messed up. What do I do? You know, and, and, and one of the things I, I really appreciate that I think actually is really helpful for you now in this position is you created a, a community. You, you write often. And I feel like that's one thing, one reason why you kind of stood out to me is that you have fostered a community despite the fact you don't own a yoga studio, despite the fact, you know, you're not into the pot, you know, you're not the one always on the cover of the yoga journal or whatever. And I really, really value that. Is that something that just you and yourself, like you kind of had a idea was a necessity or that have you just sort of done that and now realized, wow, that was really smart. <laughs> um, no, I definitely saw a necessity. I saw a necessity for it. Um, I started blogging and I had a blog before the Ashtanga Yoga Project, which is my blog, AshtangaYogaProject.com. Mm -hmm. I had a blog before that one. Um, and the reason I started blogging just in general is because everywhere I looked, it was all about body, 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 body. Like you were saying, booty burn. It was about looking a certain way. It was about doing these poses and chakras that's for the core chakras to the core yeah that's <laughs> all it was about and i was like well somebody needs to fill this chasm you know uh, in the yoga world and i was like i'm gonna start my blog and i'm going to start um talking about things other than that and the first blog i taught was a uh, i had was a very general one um for the yoga world at large that one did okay um but then when i um started the Ashtanga Yoga Project, um, the Ashtanga world, I've practiced Ashtanga for close to 20 years, um, the Ashtanga world has its own community. Um, and so when I started writing that, I guess it really spoke to um, some people in that world. Um, and that's kind of how the community around that blossomed. Um, and because of the way I was raised, again, being in the Pentecostal church, and it was a big on community, I've always been big on community. And I feel better when I connect and I believe that this world would also be better if people connected. Um, all the things that are going on, if you think about school, um, about shooting, mass shootings and things like that, it is a lack of connection. If you felt connected to someone, you would not want to shoot them. So yeah. I've always been about it. connection. It's isolation, it's like that adolescent isolation never growing up. Yeah, yeah, and so I've always been about connection. So when I started my blog, I absolutely wanted to connect. It wasn't about me just, again, I, I use this word, but it wasn't about me vomiting information. I wanted to connect with people and that's what I, I try, I attempt to do. It's so perfect, Shana. It's so perfect though, because like right now, like it was really ahead of its time. Like that's really why, you know, again, one of the reasons why you kind of have always stood out for me because I think to some extent, like, you know, Belly Guru was ahead of its time. Like that, it was, it was hard to do that, you know, um, in, in it, it, it was like, if I would have started that in 2000 and 
10 or 12 versus 2005. I probably would have saved myself, you know, a lot of whatever. So like right now, it feels like you're in a really good place because so many people don't know how to do that. Like what you're talking about, they vomit information. They just vomit like, you know, this pose and you put your arm here, you put your arm there. Even if they're trying to talk about a yoga diet, it's like they've got like the whole like, here's the smoothie you make with whatever, whatever, and this and this and that. And it's just like, that's just data. That's just data. That's just data. But what you're talking about is I'm going to actually show up and be visible and have an opinion. And guess what, guys? Some of you not going to always agree with me. And I'm okay. I'm okay with that. I mean, do you think that's a big thing? It's, it's just really hard to be, I mean, in this world of, you know, a million filters, is it really hard just to show up? <laughs> um, it can be until you get to a point where you're like, where you value um, who you are um, more than you value um, how you want people to perceive who you are. Um, and over the years, I just, noticed that there, a part of me was not being fed and it was not being fed because I was just so busy trying to um, be light um, and so busy trying to appear as if I had the same points of views of, as other people so that I could quote unquote, you know, get into the door, you know, and being a black person, this is kind of how it is in this world. That's, mm -hmm. that's how you're, you're taught. Yeah. You got to like, you know, make yourself a little smaller so that you can get in the door and then from there, and I take, I spent most of my life, you know, I would say half my life because of my age, half of my life doing that. And um, I was like, I'm not spending the second half doing that because it doesn't work, it does not work. Because when you get into the door based on false information, people always want you to continue to be that false self. And so it doesn't work. So yeah, I was like, you know what? I, I'm not doing it anymore, it does not feel good. I'm going to speak my truth. I'm going to uh, say what is in my heart and who, whoever resonates with it, resonates with it. And who doesn't, does it. And I'm good with that. Yeah, that's so beautiful. I mean, I think that's like the spiritual warrior's journey, you know, isn't it about taking off the layers? You know, you get all these layers and, and it's, and it's, Dharma always says to us, you know, be like a child again, but I'm not saying be childish. And I think that's the big you know, uh, thing, I don't know how old you are, but I'm, I'm going to be 47 in a couple of weeks. And it's like, I literally feel like, I don't know what happened with generation X, but I'm always saying this. I'm like, I feel like a lot of my peers for some reason had this like thing in their head, like, you know, YOLO, but like messed up, like, you know, like you only live once, but also you know, stay young forever, but, and, and it's good, you know, I feel like I look good for my age, I feel like I have always kind of kept up with the culture, and, and this and that, but I, I mean, I was okay with adulting, you know, <laughs> like, I don't know, because I feel like that's, you know, kind of what it is, and I always felt that way in yoga, too, I feel like yoga is a very um, adulting spiritual practice, whereas sometimes the religions bring us to a point like, I feel like it was an immature spirituality. I feel like it was like got me up to adolescence, being in my religion. And there was some level where I could have stayed there and, and been in that world. But, you know, if I was going to, and, and again, it's like this calling. I guess if your ears are open enough for this calling, you know, some kids leave home and, and they go off and you don't see them again in town. And some people like, 
go off to college just to make sure they come back and they basically buy their parents' houses and they marry their high school sweetheart and they stay in that same. And you're like, you know, I, and there's nothing wrong with either. It's just some people are like called to be like, I got to go. That was me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and some people are like, I got to stay. And so I, I think that's probably like what we're seeing here. I and mean, it's always with, with change. But one thing you brought up is like, you know, yeah, bring a, a, a black woman in, in yoga. I mean, I even felt like bringing a brown woman in yoga. It was kind of like, you know, and, and, I, and here we have Indian people that are brown, but I still felt like, you know, a Spanish brown girl. Like, you know, it's like, it's like this kind of, and I can get where you're saying, you know, you're, I guess it's like that same idea of like not having a mentor when I started Belly Guru that had this like more feminine mindset of what your life's supposed to look like, not in front of like, you know, three Mercedes and whatever being like, yo, like I'm, I am the wife that's at home taking care of things, you know, like, <laughs> and so I, it feels like it's almost like that. Like you don't, I don't have really like a mentor. Nobody's like looking like, you know, obviously I'm very Raja. A lot of Latina people are Raja. You know, like I wanna, where's the Raja? Everybody's like, oh no, calm it down. You know, like whatever, like I can't be spiritual and be my freaking Raja, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, that's like, I feel like, you know, like I just, I wanna have that class and, and I can go to that class and I don't need to necessarily be playing, you know, I mean, you know, Puerto Ricans, we got lots of people that look African. We got lots of people that look, my grand, one of my grandmothers was light-skinned, green eyes, dirty blonde hair. And my grandfather that married him was looking very much, you know, had very, very stereotypical kind of, you know, African features. Mm -hmm. and, and this is what comes out of me. And so <laughs> being a Puerto Rican, I didn't see, like, I had me aunts and uncles and cousins. We all look different. But we all were like Puerto Rican. So it was really kind of hard sort of being, um, you know, like just looking at yoga where they're sort of talking the same thing, but yet you're seeing these, like, like what you were talking, it's this ego. It's like we've been nurturing the ego, like, let me get a goat in there. Let me put a beer in your hand. That's what you want. That's what you want. And I need what you want. And it's like, yeah, but like as a therapist, like when I'm working with people that are recovering from addiction, I would get more people if I'm like, by the way, let's do this work in the bar. I mean, we're not going to drink, but like we're going to be there at the bar. And then like I'm going to leave while you're like all open to all this stuff. And I'm just going to leave you there. But I'm going to be happy at our session being together and that we got more people and everybody was happy. Like I feel like that. Like it would be like me taking everybody to like the CrossFit gym when they never went to the gym before to have some yoga, some, some physical therapy work. Like, I don't know if they're ready for that. And probably the ones that are just showing up for that for $5 class are probably not ready. <laughs> you know? So, you know, I, how did you keep your discipline? I mean, was it just the evolution? Or were you, I, I think probably Ashtanga helped you with that because it's such a very linear, disciplined practice. It probably kept that masculine sort of linear grind in the right places for you. Do you feel that way? Um, a lot of it still like goes back to like the way I was raised. I mean, I was raised in a way that was very disciplined. My mother, um, she would open the church um, and you know, and that, and she would clean the church and that was her thing. She had, she did it every week. It was, she, it was, she was disciplined about it. She never not did it. She showed up to church when she was supposed to every, you know, 
every committee she headed, she was there. Like, so I watched her um, be this extraordinarily disciplined person. And so that is just, you know, that's inside of me. So when I started practicing yoga, for me, it just clicked when the yogis were like, yeah, you know, uh, uh, practice that is firmly grounded is done for a long time without stop and in earnestness. Like, yeah, to me, it's like, of course, (laughs) of course, you know, so it's never been like a thing. I've I've always been a very disciplined person and I know that's not normal. I know it's not normal. Yoga though, Shana, I mean, isn't that like yoga is the stillness of the mind. Stillness is not inactivity, but if you're scrolling through your phone 56 hours a day, like that's inactivity. That's just route sort of robotness and and then on the other end if you're so active 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 you're just as distracted as that other person it's, it's the still point is in that discipline and i that challenges me all the time because i'm a creative and i'm like i realized just recently man i've been wearing i think i came to this world to wear the cloaks of a scientist just so i can learn the language because i'm really an artist because when i think back I'm like, I was like the artist going into things. I'd be like painting things, writing poems, writing whatever. And something along the line was like, go into, you know, I was going to be pre, I was pre-med. And then I was like, no, that's too restrictive. Go into, and I was, and suddenly I'm like in all these like conversations with like physiology and this, which I love. I've always loved biology, but it was like to need that certain like artistic way of seeing it. Cause when I talk to people, I'm like, oh yeah, epigenetics. That's totally, you know, universal law of whatever. And they're like, huh? <laughs> like, I'm like, it's the same thing. Divine compensation, <laughs> manifestation, you know, karma. It's just like, you know, uh, focus your attention by Tony Robbins. It's the same thing, you know, <laughs> from that kind of thing. Yeah, oh, God. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about Ashtanga Yoga Project, because I want to make sure people know about that outlet, especially if they're into, into not even just because they're Ashtangis, again, because of the value you bring with some of your conversations. Um, so definitely um, not just for um, Ashtangis. Um, so Ashtanga Yoga is based on, um, well, the philosophy of it is based on Patanjali Yoga. Uh, and Patanjali is this dude who codified the yogic knowledge at that time. And different people say how long ago it was, maybe 2,000, 5,000 years. Different people say different things. Um, but basically he just took all this yogic knowledge that was going on. He didn't make it up. It was already there. Um, and he just put it all together in a book, which is super important for people to know in the yoga world. Because in Western thought, if it's not written down somewhere, then it no, never happened. It doesn't exist. And if you <laughs> can't see it, it doesn't exist, even if you're like literally feeling it. Right. So like yogic knowledge existed way before anybody took a book or took a chisel to a cave somewhere. Um, It's very important for people to understand that. So this guy, this dude potentially took all this stuff and he put it into these little terse verses. Um, he called it the Yoga Sutras of of Patanjali. And so Shanga Yoga is based on that. And so is most yoga that people are practicing, especially in the West especially in the West, it is based on Patanjali's principles. So you don't have to practice Ashtanga to get things from my blog because my blog, the purpose of my blog is to talk about 
things other than asana. So what you're personally doing on your mat as your asana practice has nothing to do with um, what I'm talking about on that blog. It has to do with the other seven limbs of yoga. It has to do with ethics. It has to do with how you treat people. It has to do with breathing. It has to do with meditation. Uh, it has to do with your internal focus. And, um, and I also talk about samadhi. I've not reached samadhi at all, but I do actually talk about it's that hard. as well. So I talk about all the other limbs there. So if you are interested in learning about the spiritual parts of yoga and how to apply them to your life, Everything in potential yoga sutras can be applied directly yeah. to your life. Thanks. It is such a myth in the yoga world. People are like, well, we don't want to talk about that because it's so esoteric and people don't know what to do with it. They don't know what to do with it because you don't know how to talk about it correctly Amen. because you don't understand it well enough to be able to talk to people about it. Mm -hmm. Right. So yeah. that's what I do with my blog. I take these concepts and I break it down so that you can apply it to your life in a very uh, easy, simple way. So this blog is, Honestly, not just for yoga people, um, like you were talking about, like this, this information, it crosses over all religions. You were talking about science, like you can look at science, like I always talk about spooky action um, at a distance when I talk to my students as a way of letting people know that we're, we're connected. So, you know, spooky action, you can have an atom on either side of the universe and they're connected, yeah. you know, through time and space. And it's like, so I, I use it to talk about the connection. Physics, it like just opens a hole. I, <laughs> I sit there and I'm just, when I see some sort of research stuff, that and the, and the gut microbiome, as soon as I was able to be like, I just want you to know there's more bacteria than human cells in this person. So who really is the parasite? And they're like, oh, <laughs> oh my, I never thought of that. You know, like it's a whole new world for us who can, you know, like you said, it's like being a, what I'm hearing is, you know, you're like that brain surgeon that has to talk to the five-year-old about their brain surgery sometimes. And I'm not saying that is like, you know, people are um, children, but honestly, some of our understanding is stunted from so lack of exposure that's, yeah, we've got to, I mean, in general, they say when you're writing in public, you got to bring it to a sixth grade level. And the sad thing is because we're so distracted and we're so busy, it's got to be made that simple. And like you said, I don't know if it's, I mean, it's even like Savasana. I said that last night in my class. I said, because um, I still can teach it as corpse pose. And I know all the people like trauma, they're going to like feel like they died again or whatever. But I've been like, guys, nobody here is getting out alive. Like no one, like if you don't surrender to the fact, like I just think there's a big lesson in that. I think, and I got that from my teacher, like there's a big lesson in understanding that surrender in general. Because yes. every obstacle in life is a little mini death of the old and, and, and having to go through that and go into the new, you know, no transformation happens because the cat, you know, the cat, butterfly didn't come out because the caterpillar decided to stay out around. It had to go through that thing. So I really love what I'm hearing there with the Ashtanga Yoga, Yoga Project. And I've always appreciated seeing some of the, the things through there because I felt like that. Like, I felt like she's got it. Like, she's got what, this is life school. I mean, I actually, you know, that's kind of what I, I say Belly Guru is now, kind of on an online format and educational platform kind of thing. It's always been life school. We're just going to call it what it is. This is life school. And we need this life school now. Like, we need the yoga, the unification of some sort of brainwave 
because what we're doing right now is insane. Yeah, for, sure. <laughs> right? for sure. Oh man. So where can we find you in Charlotte nowadays? If somebody's, you know, listening and local enough that could get into one of those yummy classes and meet you in person. So I'm still teaching um, yoga at YT Yoga. I am the director of the Ashtanga program there. We have Ashtanga there six days a week. Um, Ashtanga is um, a style of yoga where you come in and we do Mysore style Ashtanga and we have a couple of leg classes. But if you're new, I definitely recommend you do Mysore style Ashtanga. With Mysore style Ashtanga, you come in, your teacher gets to know with you, you have a conversation and your teacher teaches you one on one mm -hmm. they see where you are who you are we know all our students by name we have get-togethers with our students if they don't show up uh, we contact them and ask them what's going on in their life they know about our lives we know about theirs it's a style of yoga that allows you to have a personal connection with your teacher and through that connection um, you learn how to work with your body um, ashtanga is often called the original vinyasa yoga um, so this means that you will work hard <laughs> in an Ashtanga class. So, um, don't be afraid that you're not gonna, you know, uh, work hard. You're going to work hard, but you're also going to work inwards as well. Um, Which is so hard. yeah, <laughs> huh? it's the inner work. I think that's the harder work. I mean, the outside the thing is like work. you get to get distracted with the sweat and the muscle aches and the this, but. You know, it's that. It is the inner work that is harder. And Ashtanga has a way of bringing that inner work out because you you can't like avoid anything in Ashtanga. It's like, oh, you don't like this pose? Okay, you, why? Right. And keep doing it. <laughs> yep, yeah, and then all I love that it. And you know, I've always felt like, because um, it's funny, I felt like when I went to Dharma yoga, it was a, um, it, I could definitely see the influence of, of the classical Ashtanga Patanjali type of thing with a Raja fix, but the thing, it was almost like the, the feminine complement to some extent, like it was always like the moon practice to what I find Ashtanga to being a very like the sun practice. And like together, I sort of loved it because I actually started some of my breakthrough of some of like a, my emotional body, pain body stuff. It was Ashtanga that took it, that got it going out of me. Yeah, we'll do it. You know what I mean? But then at some point it felt like I need, I mean, I was on a journey. I'm, I'm coming full circle now, but I really need to get back into my femininity. I was like mm -hmm. masculine, masculine. You know, I, I, I ate up the 80s and 90s tremendously. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and so I really kind of had to go on this like other little journey. And that was like my compromise because it was still physical, but it had all the spiritual, but I definitely saw that woven. So I really appreciate that because that's the, that's the oh, thing yeah. with me. I need the more discipline. I, you know, so maybe we got to hit you up as a private teacher sometimes just to yeah. sense into me. Um, <laughs> and I've never gotten into a steady Ashtanga practice because I don't get my organization in gear to get to the studio that has that on a steady basis. So <laughs> we'll figure it out. Well, yeah. thank you so much. Anything else you want to add into the conversation? If I, if I was to say 10 years from now, down the road, uh, what the Shana of tomorrow, knowing what you know now, the woman you are now, and where you feel like you want to go, what would you love for her to be able to tell you if you could talk to her, that, 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 that woman 10 years from now, with the fire um, you feel now? That you're on the right track, that 
your voice is being heard, your voice is important, and that you can make a difference and make a change in this world and that you have made a difference and made a change in this world and just to keep going. Mm, well, girl, I can tell you that right now. So I'm going to say I, I feel that way right now about you. And so, uh, you know, yeah, you're there. Thank you so much for being here. on Only Thank you. Um, I'm sure we'll, we'll chat again about something because this is great conversation. And like I said, we could just talk about life school like forever. So thank you so much. And guys, make sure you look at the show notes over on the uh, web, web page link and go on over to iTunes. Subscribe. It's so much easier. Give us a little like if you, if you, if you enjoyed this. Give us some feedback if you can. Um, but definitely we'll have all the links to get to Ashtanga Yoga Project. Make sure you check that out. Any other things that, that um, Shana wants to give me to, to hook up with her, even ongoing, if something else comes up, I'll make sure I update her page and things like that. But if you have any direct questions, please do reach out to her. How can we get to you directly if somebody has a direct question? Shana at ashtangayogaproject.com. All right, guys. So you heard it for here. Make sure you contact her, especially if you're looking for a practice. She knows people all over that can she can get you into the right you know teacher for you. To give her give her a call, let her talk to you, and maybe even get into one of her workshops. And you can hear some of this wonderfulness um, in person. Okay. Thanks, guys, for being here, and thank you so much, Shana, for helping okay. us own our health. Take thank care. Thank you for listening into this episode of Owning Her Health with Dr. Lisa Holland, PT. To learn more about her personal and professional development service, visit her online at drlisahollandpt.com.